baptism today, Christ revealed there at the waters of the Jordan. We'll follow along with the worship service as it's printed out for you in the worship folder and projected on the screen. Let's begin with our opening hymn, Christ Begins. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. We have come into the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children. But we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you. 
and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Keep us who are baptized into Christ faithful in our calling as your children and make us heirs with him of everlasting life through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. God certainly had something big in mind, and that's what he talks about here in Isaiah 42. Through the one whom he chose and would anoint with his Holy Spirit, he would take his salvation to everyone. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching the islands will put their hope. This is what God the Lord says, the creator of the heavens who stretches them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people, and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. This is God's word. We continue by listening to the solo, The Unbelievable.
Nothing better than God coming to dwell with us. Our second lesson for today, taken from Acts chapter 10, serves as the basis for our sermon. Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. This is God's word. in honor of the gospel. The gospel for today from Matthew chapter 3 is Jesus' baptism, the beginning of something so big, Jesus' public ministry. And we, through the rest of Epiphany and Lent, get to watch as Jesus goes and ministers and fulfills all righteousness for us. Because of him, God says to you, you are my child. With you I am well pleased. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon, the second lesson from Acts 10. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. I've been through well over 40 of them now. Epiphanies. Every year in January and February, we come around to that season of the church year, Epiphany, where we get to go with the wise men to worship Jesus in Bethlehem, where we hear about Jesus, not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles where we see Jesus revealed as the Christ in his ministry and his messages and his miracles, the light shining in the darkness, Jesus calling out to us, come, follow me. I've been through so many epiphanies, but I'm going to need one again next year and the year after that too because I still don't have it down. I still haven't learned it all and certainly don't live it all like I should. How about you? Do you have epiphany all figured out? Of course not. That's why you're here today. Peter didn't have it all figured out either. Even after being with Jesus, following him, listening to him for three years, even after being sent out by Jesus to preach and heal and drive out demons, Peter needed an epiphany, a light bulb moment that shined in his heart and on his life and in his mind and understanding as well. So that's what God gave him in Acts chapter 10, and what God gives to you and me today too. We need and we receive a gospel epiphany so that we can see freshly and connect even more in our lives just who the accepted ones are from every nation, all because of who the anointed one is, Jesus the Christ, who was baptized at the Jordan River. God lined everything up here in Acts 10 for this special epiphany. There's a man named Cornelius who lived in the city of Caesarea. Caesarea was a port city in Samaria along the Mediterranean Sea. Cornelius was a soldier in the Roman army. He was from Italy, and he was a devout convert to Judaism. That is, he knew the Old Testament. He placed his trust by God's Spirit, in those promises in the Old Testament. And he worshipped the true God. And God sent an angel to Cornelius, saying, send to Joppa, that is a city about over 20 miles south along the coast of the Mediterranean, uh, another city next to the sea, send for Peter. And I have an important message for you that I'll give you through Peter. So while Cornelius sent men to Peter, there was Peter. The Lord sent a dream, a vision to Peter, a sheet being let down from heaven with all kinds of different animals in it. But those animals were gross. They were detestable to the Jews. God had told the Jews through Moses back at Sinai, these are animals that you shouldn't eat. You shouldn't be around. These are de detestable to you. But, but now, in this vision, God said, Get up, Peter. Eat. Peter was very reluctant. He thought, Surely not. But God said, Peter, don't call unclean what I have called and made clean. This vision happened three times. Kind of like Peter who denied Jesus three times and how Jesus restored Peter three times, this was a very important thing. And so Peter, when those men from Cornelius came, he went there to Caesarea, where Cornelius and his household and his servants and his family and his close friends were all gathered there. So many people, they were waiting with rapt attention to listen to what Peter had to say to them. What is this epiphany you have for us, Peter? 
But Peter had to tell them about his own epiphany first. Peter said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation. Now, Peter should have known that God accepts people from every nation. After all, that's what the Old Testament talked about. When God called Abraham, he said, Abraham, through your descendant, I am going to bless all nations. And as Peter listened to Jesus, Jesus said, God so loved the world. And as Jesus sent his disciples out in the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. And Peter himself, Peter himself on Pentecost preached, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter had heard this before. Peter should have known this. But he needed God to lead him to it, to show him, and to point out to him just how ignorantly he was acting. Wake up, Peter. Isn't that what you and I need too? God to lead us to see something that we may have heard, we may know, but we certainly don't live. God says that he doesn't show favoritism. But you and I, we have our ways, don't we, of picking out certain classmates, certain co-workers, certain members of our family that we want to be nice to. They look like me, they dress like me, they sound like me, they do the same kinds of things that I do. I'm going to spend more time with them. And I'd rather just be around them. And then when we come across in our life someone who's a little different, maybe a little bit rough around the edges, someone who's got some baggage or some issues, someone with just different ideas about life and about the world, we do everything we can to avoid them. At best, it's because we're just too busy. We've got a lot of other things that we're doing, ways that we're serving the Lord. But at worst, it's because we don't think they're even worth our time or God's time. Do you realize that our country is getting more and more diverse, more people from different nations with every passing year? And now in the world, the global population is over 8 billion people? We can get so caught up in our little lives and our little day-to-day -day routines that we forget to pray for people of other nations and to give generously to support mission work so that they can hear about Jesus. You and I, we are different than God. We have been different than God. If God showed favoritism, would he take the time of day for us? He is holy. We are sinful. We have played favorites. He should pass us by and reject us forever. But listen again to Peter's epiphany that God shined the light on for him. He said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. That described Cornelius. Cornelius feared the Lord. That is, Cornelius acknowledged that the Lord had the authority and the right to condemn him forever. How terrifying. Fear. Cornelius also realized that God's love was so amazing that he promised to send a Savior for Cornelius too. How awesome. That is the other sense of fear. So this idea of fearing God encompasses faith. And for everyone who trusts in God, no matter where you're from, no matter what you've done, no matter what you look like, God accepts you through faith. Yet God saves through faith alone, and faith is never alone. And so that's why Peter, as he describes those whom God accepts, he also says, those who do what is right. Cornelius certainly fit that description. Cornelius was very generous 
toward those who were in need, all in thanks to God and his generosity toward Cornelius. Cornelius prayed fervently and regularly, all because he knew he had a God who was attentive and compassionate and listens to all who call on him in faith. Cornelius was well known among the Jewish community for his good deeds and his life of thanks to to God. But what mattered most, as Cornelius knew, was that God saw those acts of love, those good deeds done in thanks to God. Not only did Cornelius fear God and do what is right, but he led his household and his friends to do the same. God accepted Cornelius. And there, picture Peter walking into Cornelius' household with this huge number of people gathered there. God's household is even bigger. God's household has the door wide open. He rolls out the red carpet for you. He opens his arms wide for you. He calls out to you, you are welcome here. You belong here, along with people from every tribe and nation and language and people. That's how big God's house is. Sometimes we need to be led to see that. I'll never forget back when I was in high school, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip down to St. Lucia in the Caribbean. And when I was there, I saw a lot of people who didn't look like me. Many of them spoke English, but it sure didn't sound like the American English that I spoke. And God said, I want you to help show these people my word. I got to teach some vacation Bible school down there and help talk to people about Jesus with the pastor who was there. An epiphany. When God leads you into contact with another person who doesn't look like you or act like you, let the light go on. Let that be a gospel epiphany for you to open your mouth, just like Peter did. Talk to them about God who accepts people from every nation. It's a gospel epiphany about the ones who are accepted, but it's all because of the one who was anointed. Now here again, we can't help but notice that Cornelius and his household already knew about Jesus. That's what Peter said. He said, you know about Jesus. You know about the good news for the people of Israel. You know about the peace that came to them through Jesus. But the epiphany that Cornelius and his household needed was that Jesus was for them too and just how much Jesus had done for them. It's kind of like that light switch in my house. I think the first two years that we lived there, we couldn't figure out what it did. We knew it went up and down, but what goes on with this, with this light switch? And it wasn't until our neighbors, uh, one of whom grew up at that house, said, oh yeah, that controls the outlets out in front of the house. Light bulb. And so now we can plug in our leaf blower and blow leaves around in the front yard. Now we can plug in Christmas lights and and have those shining in December and January and still now. Maybe should have taken them down already. But that's what Peter did for Cornelius here. Cornelius, or Peter blew away all the misconceptions that Cornelius and their family had about Jesus. He turned the lights on so that they could see Jesus as their Savior too. Jesus, who is Lord of all, not just of the Israelites. Peter shined the light on what happened at Jesus' baptism. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. There at Jesus' baptism, the heavens parted. The Holy Spirit in the form of a dove came down and alighted or landed and stayed on Jesus. The Heavenly Father sounded his approval from above. And Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. That's very significant. Because even though Jesus was fully God throughout his life, he chose not to make full use of his power as God. 
And so here at Jesus' baptism, God gave Jesus gifts to be used in his ministry. God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son all in together for our salvation as Jesus went out in his public ministry. Jesus for you. And one way that Peter highlights that is that Jesus went around doing good. Two words, doing good in the English, one word in the Greek, but it covers over more times than we could count of our failures. Jesus went around doing good in so many ways. And for all the times that you and I did evil or wrong, for all the times you and I walked by on the other side of the road and left undone what God asked us to do, for all the times we neglected our responsibilities, Jesus did good in our place. Jesus going around counts for you and me. Jesus' good covers our wickedness, our sin, and our evil. And because Jesus went around doing good, God also says to you, with you, I am well pleased. And Jesus anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. Those who believed and knew the Old Testament couldn't help but notice. It's a lot like what happened with David. When David was anointed as the Israelites' next king, the Holy Spirit came upon David in power. And the very next chapter, David went out and conquered the enemies of his people. Goliath King Saul and the rest of the Israelite soldiers, their hearts were melting in fear. Every time Goliath came out, they ran away. But David, anointed with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came on him in power, he rushed to the battle line, swung his sling around, let that stone fly, sank into the giant's head, went over and sliced his head off, defeated and crushed the enemy's head. That's what Jesus went out to do. You notice how Peter highlights Jesus anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And then he went around healing all those who were under the power of the devil. After Jesus' baptism, the very next chapter, the Spirit led Jesus out into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And Jesus conquered him, drove back all of his temptations. And then, in Jesus' ministry, he healed so many people who were demon-possessed. One man who was possessed by a legion of demons and spent the nights crying out and cutting himself with stones. Jesus healed him. Little children whom demons would throw into the fire or the water to kill them. Jesus healed them of the devil who had power over them. Jesus healed those whom the devil was controlling and making it so that they couldn't speak and couldn't hear. Jesus healed all those who were under the control of the devil, and he still does for you and me. The devil works in many different ways, but it could all be boiled down to this. The devil seeks to divide. That's what he did back in the Garden of Eden. He tried to divide God from Adam and Eve. And so when Adam and Eve listened to the devil's temptations, ate that fruit. They were separated from God. They went and hid from God. The devil divided Adam and Eve from each other. Because when God confronted them, they tried to throw each other under the bus. And God still tries to divide us. Everyone who continues following the devil and his temptations and sin will be divided from God forever. And when a congregation has in its midst the kingdom of God advancing, the devil works overtime to try to divide that congregation, placing resentment and obstacles and sins and and keeping people apart. Not only that, but the devil works to divide us from everyone else around us. Because if he can keep us from bringing the message of Jesus to others, He can keep them away from God, too. All he does, all day long, try to divide God and his people. Jesus 
anointed as our king at the Jordan River, Jesus heals us from the devil's power. Jesus did that by slicing through all Satan's temptations with the sword of the Spirit. Jesus did that as he humbly rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Jesus did that as as he, our king, was crowned with thorns. And as there at the cross, Jesus crushed the devil's head. He can no longer control you anymore. He may come and tempt you, but you can say no because of Jesus, your king. Jesus, now king of kings and lord of lords, risen from the dead, he still heals you who are under the power of the devil. When you were baptized... In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Jesus, your King, rode into your heart, set up his throne there, and now rules with his peace and love and forgiveness every day. When you were baptized, Jesus brought you who were divided from God back at one with God. When you were baptized... Jesus took all of those fiery, guilty accusations of the devil that he tries to hang around our neck, and he doused them, that washing with water and the word. Jesus heals us who were under the authority and power of the devil. That is the gospel epiphany for you today, all because of the anointed one, Jesus This past week, maybe you've had a chance to check out Facebook, our Facebook page, and notice some of the videos posted by those from our congregation who went over to Israel. They've been over in Israel for a while, and they've been posting some videos of the different places that they've been to, but one of them was Caesarea. How enlightening that people from our congregation get to walk in the same place where where Peter announced his epiphany, where Cornelius and his household had their epiphany, that God accepts people from every nation who fear him and do what is right. But even if you're not over there walking around in Caesarea, the light of God's word shines on us today. And we share in this same epiphany that Peter had. So when God leads you to someone who's not like you, go and open your mouth just like Peter did. Tell them about God who accepts people from every nation. And when the devil tries to divide you and put you under his power, you can have the same epiphany that Cornelius had. You know that Jesus, your anointed king, has healed you. May this gospel epiphany change our hearts and our lives. Until next epiphany, when God continues to shine his light in our hearts. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there we come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated for our responsive prayer. Lord God, our maker and preserver, we praise and thank you for all that you give us day after day. You have given us your precious word to nourish our souls and to protect us from the temptations of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. We thank you for those who teach and preach your saving truth. 
Heavenly Father, we pray that you shield us from every kind of danger, sudden catastrophe, terrors of crime, and the pain of disease. Watch over those who travel by land, sea, and air. Keep our loved ones from whatever perils may threaten them. Bless our land, our people, and those who hold offices of high trust. Keep our government and schools upright and strong for the advancement of good citizenship and useful vocations, that we may enjoy your gifts of peace, security, and well-being. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for watching over Wally Girak through his successful knee replacement this last weekend. Please continue to bless him and watch over him and his family as you continue to heal him from that operation. Lord Jesus, we also thank you for the healthy baby boy, Martin Oscar Haling, born to Carlton and Rose earlier this past week. Continue to bless them as they transition to parenthood, Please give them strength for the years ahead of them. And in your grace, grant new birth and new life to little Martin in holy baptism. And Lord Jesus, I learned this morning that Brian Lowersdorf, uh, the brother and son of Sandy and Doris, our members here at St. Paul's, uh, has been called home to heaven. We thank and praise you for the promise of the resurrection that you give to all who put their trust in you, please be with Sandy and Doris and the rest of the family as they grieve and mourn. And help us encourage them and help us all look forward to the time when we are reunited with all of our brothers and sisters in Christ in heaven. And hear us, Lord, as we bring our private petitions to you. We bring these requests before you in the name of Jesus, our Lord, and ask you to hear us. Take all that we have, our bodies and minds, our time and skills, our ministries and offerings, and use them to your glory. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We continue by singing our next hymn.
please stand. Almighty God, we thank you for teaching us the things you want us to believe and do. Help us by your Holy Spirit to keep your word in pure hearts, that we may be strengthened in faith, guided in holiness, and comforted in life and in death. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Thank you so much for joining us in God's house this morning. <coughs> Several announcements to highlight. Uh, first of all, between services, we'll have Sunday school down in the school wing, as well as uh, child care for those who are too little for Sunday school. And then we'll have adult Bible class in the gymnasium today, continuing with our unit on racism. Uh, last week, uh, we looked at the... Uh, way that racism is oftentimes viewed in our country around us, and then what does God have to say about it? Today, we'll be focusing especially on uh, the role of the church with racism, and then also the role of the government with racism, looking at those different roles. But at the beginning of Bible class, so around 9.15, uh, we'll have our next call meeting for a 3K teacher. And so, uh, after Miss. Kudrin, Mrs. Kudrin returned the call uh, back before the new year. Uh, we're continuing to call for a 3K teacher. Uh, Mr. Marone continues to hold his call uh, to serve as a new principal for that New Start High School over on the west side of the state. So please continue to keep him in your prayers and encourage him. Uh, and if you noticed the announcements, I received a call this last week as well down to Water of Life, which has two campuses. In, uh, Racine, one in Racine and one in Caledonia uh, to be their in-reach pastor there. So I welcome your prayers and input on that too over the next few weeks. Then uh, we would like to announce that next weekend we have the annual meeting in Brat Fry. So after late service there will be the Brat Fry in the gym and then the annual meeting after that. The reports for the annual meeting should be coming out uh, early this week sometime uh, once everything gets finalized. We'd like people to be able to read that over in advance of the meeting. And if you're able to be there for the Brat Fry, uh, we'd appreciate that you sign up for that. There's a, a link on our website, and there might even be a sign-up sheet still in the member room, but please do sign up to help us plan for that Brat Fry. Uh, one thing that should be announced in relation to the annual meeting is that there will be a bylaws amendment that we're seeking to uh, have go through, and that relates to a vice president position uh, in our congregation. Uh, our congregation's gotten fairly big, and we are looking for ways to share the, the leadership load a little bit. More details will be coming out on that, though. Uh, then, uh, we've got new midweek Bible classes coming up later in January. Please check those out, announcements about those in the bulletin. Is there anything else that anyone needs to highlight, too, before we show the January Wells Connection? All right. January Wells Connection. 